the word and great was the company of them that published it so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God welcome to the know your Bible radio broadcast that reaches around the world daily with the good news about Jesus Christ our Lord I am your host Bishop Fred A. Carwell senior now lend me your ear and let's go inside of know your Bible and hear God's life-changing word welcome to know your Bible Verses 1 through 4. The Bible says, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curses thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him. And Lot went with him. And Abram was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Haran. I want to talk to you about Abraham, a man of great faith. What if your father died when you were born? What, what if your father died, in my case, when you were a little boy? What, what if you never got to know your earthly father? Would you be interested in what kind of report people would give to you when they talked about him? Wouldn't you want to know how was my daddy? Did you talk with him? Did you ever walk and communicate with him? What what was my daddy like? Sometimes we may get an evil report well, your dad really didn't take care of his family. He was a troublemaker. And he lived in jail more than he did at your house. Uh, your father was a wonderful man. Did a lot of great things. Helped a lot of people. Went to church. Accepted Jesus. Took care of his family. He was a great man. I think we would rather hear the latter report. That's what God put in my mind when he put Abraham on my mind because Abraham is our father. Abraham is the father of the faithful. 
Today we're going to look at what kind of man was Abraham? What things, good things, did Abraham do? When it seemed like it got real tight in his life, what and how did he respond to life? You see, Abraham is the father of the faithful. And Abraham, our father, is a friend of God. Now, wouldn't that be great news that your father is a friend of God? Some of us never knew the love of an earthly father. But God is. Even though he honors fathers and mothers, he told us to do the same. What makes us the children of Abraham is that we have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and as our Savior. And by accepting Jesus Christ, we have also been given or imputed, put onto our account, the gift of righteousness. That's what gives us right standing with God because we have accepted Jesus and some have a need to. So you might as well do it today. Get it done. But we are the seed of Abraham and have been imputed righteousness. Abraham believed God and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. We can track Abraham right here because We need to look at some things and how Abraham handles some things since he's our father. In Genesis 12 and 1, now the Lord had said, who had said? The Lord had said unto Abram, his name would later be changed to Abraham. The Lord had said to Abram, this is what he said. He said, get thee out of thy country. And from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. Here God is calling Abram away from the land, away from his kinfolk, and away from his father's house. A lot of times we let our family take us down. We at home with them instead of being at church with God. We loaning all our money trying to maintain family favor while we're getting out of favor with God because it seemed like our family's voice is louder than the voice of God. So the first thing we're going to look at is the call on Abram's life. And you got to remember now, we've been called out of darkness. And into God's marvelous light. So I submit to you that that was a reason that God wanted Abram to get out of his country, get away from your kinfolk, and get out of your father's house unto a land that I'm going to show you. It doesn't mean that family is bad, but have you read that a man's enemies shall be they of his own household? So God wants to do a new thing in everyone that he calls 
by the gospel out of darkness and into his marvelous light. So therefore there must be a separation. See, Jesus did not come to unite families. He said out of his own mouth, I have come to bring a sword. So that sword up in your house will cause you to either listen to the voice of God and get up and get to the house of God and do what you need to do and what you committed to say that you would do. God said, don't let your family hold you there. And that's what you call a higher calling. A higher calling. And God says, I'm bringing you out to bring you in. I'm going to bring you out of your father's house, out of your country, out of your land, but I'm going to take you to the promised land. And so God says, now that I've called you, I'm going to cut a covenant with you. Because from the call comes the covenant. But before we move on in dealing with the call, how does one know that he is called? One knows that he is called because he's called. And God is not the three stooges. If he calls, he's wise enough to make it plain. If he calls, his voice is louder than your dilemma. If he calls out of darkness and into his marvelous light, the first thing that he says, I need you to separate yourself from people because I need to show you something you've never seen. I need to take you to a place that you've never been and you need to trust me. Hold your finger right here. Go to Hebrews chapter 11. Talk about the call of Abraham. Abraham, a man of great faith. A man of great faith. Book of Hebrews chapter 11. Verses 8 through 11. If you there, say, I have it. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. Now, that's the power of this man's great faith. He obeyed. And he went out, not knowing where he went. By faith, he sojourned Sojourn in a land of promise. That's the land that God promised. As in a foreign country dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob. The heirs with him of the same promise. See, you need to run with folk that's going the same way you're going. You need to hang with folk that have like precious faith. If you run with anybody and everybody, I'm scared of you. Because that tells me that your moral standing in the things of God is shaky. In verse 10. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age. 
because she judged him faithful who had promised. See, if God promises us a thing, we need to judge him faithful that he's going to do what he said that he was going to do. And so it even got into his personal life because Sarah had had no children. But God promised in the plains of Mamre through the mouth of an angel, this time next year your wife will have a child. Sarah was in the tent. She laughed. When Abraham confronted her about her laughing, see her laughter was inside. God told and communicated with Abram and Sarah said, I didn't laugh. But it's revealed through the name of the son that she had. Because Isaac means child of laughter. So she laughed. Because sometimes when promises seem to be so delayed. And in this case, Sarah was well up in years. Abraham was about 99 years old. Sarah was about 89 years old. And so her thing is, how can I have pleasure when I'm so old? God said, none problem, I, I can fix that. Viagra free. <laughs> so Abram was called to go out, and he did not know where he was going, but he would be led by the Lord. And so he went out. But now if you drop down in verse 14, it's talking about those that have faith in God, a cacotomy of people. In verse 14, for they that say such things, what are they saying? That they are looking for another place. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. What are you looking for since the Lord called you out of them nightclubs? What are you looking for since the Lord called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light? Is vacation Bible school on your schedule? Is Sunday school on your schedule? Or are you still running with the same folk doing the same thing? They had sense enough to know that if God is calling me, he's calling me out to bring me in. And I must be so excited about this new life I have in Christ until I'm willing to follow him. Because I sure want to see what the end is going to be. Look at verse 15. And truly, if they had been mindful of that nightclub from which they came out, they might have had opportunity to return. Tell you, they wasn't thinking about going back. You're all kind of on a low register right there, but they, they, they wasn't sitting up meditating on how to get back in there without a cover charge. Verse 15, and truly, if they had been mindful of that country from which they came out, somebody say they came out, they might have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better country that is an heavenly wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God for he had prepared for them a city. You ever been at a funeral and somebody talk about the Lord is going away to prepare for us a place. Update your data. City already ready. But you see Abraham came out of Ur of the Chaldees and never looked back. Never looked back and never went back. We must pursue, overtake, and recover all those things that the enemy has taken because we have a bright and brilliant future. 
So I'm giving the report on our daddy and what happened to him while he was alive because we are his children. And what makes us Abraham's seed is faith in Jesus Christ. Go back to Genesis chapter 12. Feel free to jump in here with amen anytime you feel like it. If you don't feel like it, amen the truth. So after the call came the covenant. See, when we were called out of darkness into God's marvelous light, God cut a covenant with us through the shed blood of Jesus. So that covenant is that we are redeemed by the blood of the crucified one. We've been redeemed by the blood of the lamb. So when Abraham, our father, was called to come out, God cut a covenant with him. Genesis chapter 12 and verse 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation. Now, here God is getting ready to cut a sevenfold covenant with our father Abraham. Now, I'm going to read it and you number it. Are we ready? And I will make of thee a great nation and I will bless thee. And make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee. And curse him that curses thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So this is a sevenfold covenant right here. And, and the seed in Abraham is Christ. He's Abraham's seed. Seed means sonship. And the most powerful part of this covenant is. That in you, Abram, shall all families of the earth be blessed because I am going to give you a seed. And that seed will be named Isaac. And Isaac will have some children. And Jacob. So it's going to be Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And we're going to find out that when God makes an exclusive promise to a person, it's depending on you and your faith that's going to determine how this all works out. That's why Abraham was a man of great faith. Now, say these words after me. We have a covenant with God through the blood of Jesus. We've been called out of darkness. And into God's marvelous light. Our blood covenant with God. In days like these. Is through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now you know. Let me tell you what prompted this message. On Wednesday night past at the church. Uh, great intercessory prayer meeting. And uh, I tried to. In my, coming, in my comments. Commentary. After these prayer meetings are over, or whether it's black history, whatever it is, I bring a word from the Lord. Even black folk in the Bible, we talk about black folk. So on this past Wednesday night, the Lord gave me to talk about Abraham's prayer life. And that's how all the rest of this unfolded, because go back on your time and historicity at the church, and you'll find out the most things said about Abraham is that Abraham believed God and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. 
that might be the strength and the limit of what we've heard about Abraham, except the fact that in calling those things which be not as though they were. Well, actually, that was God calling those things which be not as though they were. He called Abraham the father of a multitude before he had any, before Isaac was born. See, so God sees you as a champion. See, he always sees us, and he wants us to see what he sees. You are a conqueror, and you are more than that. In Gideon's case, when the angel appeared to him and called him a mighty man of valor, well, Gideon looked to the left and to the right and wondered who the angel was talking to. See, you got victory in you whether you feel like it or not. God always causes us to win. Can I get a witness up in here? So I looked at this thing. So our father Abraham was also a man that was not afraid to fight for what he believed. Wouldn't you like to have that report on your earthly dad who's dead and gone? You probably never got to know him. And one of them tight neighbors say, baby, let me tell you something. If your dad had said something, you could bank on it. Your daddy was not afraid of people. He was a people person. But I tell you one thing, if you took something from him, he got upset and he made very sure he got it back. Well, our father Abraham was a man of war and a tither. <laughs> Let me say that again. Our daddy Abraham was a man of war as well as a tither. Genesis chapter 14. In Genesis, the 14th chapter, there was a war that was going on. And you may have one of those going on with you right now. But I'm here to tell you, before you get involved in the warfare, you already won. You already won because Jesus in you is greater than those that are messing with you. Can I get a witness at the church house? Can you tell somebody there's a war going on? Now, I, I want to jump right into this uh, when, when his nephew Lot. Now, remember, Abraham was called to go out, and he went out, but he carried his nephew Lot with him. Maybe you're here today, and you got a lot with you. You know, no pun intended. Are you dealing with a lot? The lot that you're dealing with, you must put that lot in focus. And you can't make nobody go with you that should not be a part of your destiny anyway. Starting in on verse 11. And they took all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah. This is in the middle of the war. Listen. And they took all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah and all their food supplies and went their way. And they took Lot, Abram's brother's son, who dwelt in Sodom and his goods, and departed. Now here, Lot has been kidnapped. The only problem with that, he done, they have kidnapped the wrong fella. Huh? Has anybody in here saw that movie by, I think, Neam Leeson, Taken? Yeah! They took the wrong child that time. See, this is what happened. They done messed around and took Lot. 
kidnapped him and all his stuff. Well, if Abraham, and see, a lot of us have never heard this about Abraham, so we just figure, well, Abraham probably just wait for Lot to come back. He didn't wait for Lot to come back. He told them folk that he had in his house, get strapped. They got nephew. We're going to get him. Come on, y'all listen to Steve Harvey. You know about nephew, Tommy. We're we, we going to get nephew. Now listen. In verse 13. And there came one that had, had escaped and told Abram, the Hebrew. Now, why is Abram here called the Hebrew? Because the name Hebrew, and, and we are Hebrews. We are not black Egyptian Hebrews. But here Abram is called a Hebrew because Hebrew means one that has crossed over. So when God called, oh man, this is, this is filet mignon with some, with some swimp on it. L- listen, when, 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 when the Lord called Abram out of Ur of the Chaldees, which is modern day Iraq. When God called him out, he crossed over the river Euphrates. So that's why he's called here a Hebrew, one that God called and he crossed over. Come on, I want to talk to all God's children that have been called out of darkness. We are passed from darkness into light. We were born again. We are washed in the blood of the Lamb. Amen? So a Hebrew is one who has crossed over. (laughs) Uh, This is better than the beef jerky. For he dwelt by the oaks of Mamre, the Amorite, brother of Eshcol, and brother of Aner, and these were confederate with Abraham. So Abraham had some help in the battle. See, we cannot, should not be trying to fight this battle on our own. We got brothers and sisters that are mighty in the Lord. We got some folk that know how to get in touch with God in a hurry. And I'm talking to some of y'all in here. You know the way you should go. You know how to get in and tell God all about it. And before you call, you know you special. God said, I'll answer you. And I'll show you great and mighty things that never entered into your mind whatsoever. But he said, I'll do it for you. Uh Uh-huh. So Abram had a confederate with him. In verse 14, and when Abram heard that his brother, right here Lot is called his brother, was taken captive, he armed his trained servants, born in his own house. Listen, 318 and pursued them unto Dan. And he divided his men against them. He and his servants by night and smote them. And pursued them unto Hobah. Which is on the left hand of Damascus. You know the same Damascus Saul was on his way to? And he brought back all the good. Now ain't that victorious? He brought back all the good. And also brought again his brother Lot. And his goods. And the women also. And the people. Now here you have Abraham. 
that's not passive. And that's what happened to so many of us in life. We don't want to deal with it. I'm tired of it. I'm going to let the Lord do it. The Lord ain't doing it. That's why he gave us what? The whole armor of God. The devil take your stuff. You go down and get it. You go to his house. You don't knock on the door. You take that big old boot called, you know, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And you wrap back and you kick that door open. And you tell the devil, I've come to get my stuff. And I'm not leaving one thing in here that belongs to me. I've come to get my joy back. I've come to get my peace back. I've come to get my nephew Tommy back. I've come to get all my stuff that you got up in your house. And can't you hear Jesus saying, An armed man keepeth his house and his goods be at peace. Am I right about it? You have been given a warrior's mentality. Now, if folk want to go and help you in the battle, make sure they got on armor too. But other than that, you and Jesus going over there and get your stuff. Abraham had 318 people on his payroll. He wasn't squabbling around talking about, I don't know what I'm going to do. See, if God is in you, you know what to do. You You declare victory before you ever slap the devil. Can I get a witness in here? Abraham had 300 people, 18 people, 318 people on his payroll. You know what he told them? Get strapped. They got nephew Tommy. We're going to get him. And check this out. They went by night. This whole world is filled with darkness, but you are the light of the world. You take what God has given you and watch it work. See, the simple things are powerful things. Like, for instance, Two little fish and five loaves of bread. You, you, you take the small things. Because those are the things that gives you strength over the adversary. Man, Abraham went and got Lot and the women and the people and all his stuff. So then that tells me that our father Abraham was also a man of war. He was not passive. He was not passe. He was involved in his life. Now how much stuff have you allowed other people to take away from you and the devil to rob you and you sitting up talking about the Lord going to do it? He's not going to do it. And it's time now for you to start speaking up for yourself. I can hear the Apostle Paul whether it was Felix or Agrippa but this is what Paul said in essence and I'm paraphrasing I count myself really blessed today. He he raised up his hand. I count myself really blessed today to be able to speak for myself. And at some point, beloved, you got to start speaking up for yourself. They may knock all your front teeth out. You get up off the ground, you spit, and you say, I'm still going to say what I got to say. (laughs) That's right, a toothless fighter. And not only was our father Abraham a man of faith and a man of war, because faith without works is dead. It's too many of us talking about what I fear to do. What the heck do you mean? What do you fear to do? 
It's time for you to stop trying to fit a do and go do. Go get your stuff back. Go get your peace of mind back. Call those things which be not as though they were. Call yourself a winner before you ever get on the battlefield. Because God has put the victory in you in Christ. Greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. That's who you really are. You're not a coward. Don't let the devil sell that to you. When people come and deal with you and take your stuff, they ought to hear from you. And not only was he called out and he left, but he carried Lot with him. And Lot got kidnapped and he went back and got him. He was a man of war. And not only that, our father was a tither. Uh, He loved God. He trusted God with his resources. And God opened for him the windows of heaven. So our father was also a tither. Genesis chapter 14, verses 17 through 20. And this is the first tithe that was paid. And it was not upon the law. Could not have been upon the law. Because Abraham was around when Moses was not even born. Moses was not even born. So the first tithe was paid under grace and not upon the law. Are you in Genesis 14? Okay, look at verse 17, verses 17 through 20. And I'm reading. And the king of Sodom went out to meet him after his return from the slaughter of Kedaleomer and of the kings that were with him. So he has some kings with him. Like I got some kings in this building right now with me. Are you with me? Stone. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Don't have a brother out here by myself. Now listen to this. So the kings came and they came to meet Abram after his return from the slaughter of Kedaleomer. It doesn't tell us how many days it lasted, but however long it takes for you to come back with the victory, you stay out there. And of the kings that were with him at the Valley of Shaver, which is the king's dale, and Melchizedek. Now this is, this is Melchizedek, king of Salem, that's peace, brought forth bread and wine. That's emblematic of the Lord's Supper. And he was the priest of the Most High God. That's who Jesus is today. Our great high priest. While he was here, he was a prophet. But notice this. Because God sent Melchizedek to Abram right after the war to be there to get the tithe. This is the only man that Melchizedek ever interacted with. You don't find Melchizedek interacting with no other human being. So who was this Melchizedek? First of all, he was king of Salem, which is peace. He brought forth bread and wine. That was a picture of the Lord's Supper before Christ was ever born in Bethlehem. He was a priest of the Most High God. In verse 19, and he blessed Abram out of his mouth. Listen, and said, blessed be Abram of the Most High God. 
possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be the most high God who hath delivered thine enemies into thy hand. And he, Abram, gave him Melchizedek tithes of all. Huh? Now you don't you don't want you don't want you don't want to miss this. Jesus is our great high priest. And today the tithe is paid to Jesus. Uh-huh. That's in your Bible. He men that die receive tithes, but there he received them, and it's a witness that he lived. So, man, our daddy was, hey, a man of great faith. Now, you know what the tithe is? Somebody say what? It's a victory offering. Victory, why? You still got a job, ain't you? The tithe was paid after the war. To tell the Lord, thank you for victory in the middle of the war. Anybody here going through something? You know that tithe is so powerful. Until a woman can pay it and be faithful in doing it. And don't have no miscarriage. That tithe is so powerful. Until the Lord said, if you bring the tenth, I will rebuke the devourer for you. That's the only place in the Bible God said, listen, you don't have to worry about Satan. I'll take care of him for you. So he was a man of war and a tither. And not only was Abram, Abram was not rich. Genesis 13 and 1. Abram was not rich. And you're not going to read in the Bible anywhere where the Lord does not want someone to prosper. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not following Christ for nothing. Now, that came to the Lord, man. It was very plain because I had a conversation with him. Now, I don't know how you talk to God. You can go there with all that King James language you want to. Thou art thou here to be with me. I told the Lord, Lord, I'm, I'm, a drug, I'm a drug dealer. And I'm making a lot of residual income. So now that I have come to you, what, what about the money? I tell you what he told me. And you go back for years and you can mark this. Because I repeatedly said the same thing. Over 40 some odd years, the report is the same. I told the Lord, I'm, 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 I'm a drug dealer. And I'm losing residual money. So what's your plan for that? You want me to follow you and leave this money back here? You know what the Lord told me? I will teach you to prosper. And guess what he did? He taught me to prosper. He'll do the same thing for you because Abraham, my father here, laid a good foundation. And since we are his children by faith in Jesus, the path is clear. Do what your daddy did. So God gave us someone to see in the earth realm that followed his commands. So God found Abraham a man who was willing to give his son. That gave God the legal rights when he found Abraham willing. That gave God the legal rights to kill his son. So just like our, Abraham, our father Abraham, we need to go to war for what we believe. 
We're living in a day right now where people don't have no convictions. Their minds are too open. Any mind that's too open cannot hold a conviction. I don't care who you are. Don't step on my blue suede shoes. I don't care who you are. You need to be who God has called you to be and quit trying to be what folk want you to be. Because you're blessed. And God says, those that bless you, I'm going to bless them. Those that curse you, I'm going to curse them. Huh? And God says, your name is blessed. Oh, yes, yeah, a lot of folk that may not like you, just like in my case. You think I care? I'm still breathing, and they ain't got nothing to do with it. Huh? My mind is this. If God be for us, who then can be against us? They ain't done ever run their ragged mouth with teeth missing. I don't care what they say. Doesn't make me no difference. If I know I'm called out to go in, and I know I'm in Christ and Christ is in me, and I know I can make my petition known, I ain't got no problem. My enemy got a problem with me. And the Lord has already warned them, you touch Freddie, baby, I'm going to deal with you. My life is not my own. To you, Lord, I belong. Can you say I'm God's property? Something else I found out about our daddy. He prayed. Have you ever heard your daddy pray in your house? I never did because my daddy got killed. Matter of fact, yesterday, my daddy died May 4th, 1954. Yesterday made that 65 years since he's been dead. I was eight years old. That makes me 73. Never heard my daddy pray. But I got a heavenly father right now. His son is always praying for me. He's always praying for you. He is our intercessor. So Abraham, not only was he a man of war and a tither and obedient to God, that man prayed. And guess what? God heard him. Genesis chapter 18. Genesis 18 chapter. Is this a blessing to anybody? Don't just leave Abraham over there, you know, with that verse of scripture calling those things which be not as though they were. That was God calling things which be not as though they were. And if God said it and it belongs to you, receive it. You get bold by being bold. Genesis chapter 18, verse 23. I won't read this in its entirety. Uh, Let me see. Will I, won't I? No, I won't. But I'm going to start at verse 23 to show you that Abraham, our father, was an intercessor. And on that note, I want to say this to somebody in here. I don't know who I'm talking to. But say, you don't know your earthly father. And I'm not trying to be rude. 
But I will say this to help somebody. What does it matter? You got another father now that will never leave you. That will never abandon nor forsake you. And a lot of times when men do stuff like that and, and, and their children don't know who they are, it's best to kind of leave that alone because they already got their family set. They sure ain't looking for you. To show up on the front door talking about, I'm looking for my daddy. With a woman he married might create a funeral situation. You know, like bang, bang. You didn't tell me this. And here this child is ringing my doorbell. And we living out on Elephant. And we got our 401k and 401b. And we set. And now this child coming here talking about you her father. That's a problem. I'm not saying you shouldn't be inquisitive, but I'm saying you should walk in wisdom because the daddy you finally found could be dead for sunrise. Huh? So the one who's been taking care of you all your life, go on with him. He'll never leave you. And people want to talk about, well, you know, if we keep the family together, husband and wife and children, which I think is an ideal thing to do, but what if you can't? Because sometimes mother and father and children in the same house can be a disaster too. If they had no submission. Adolf Hitler had both his parents. Look how he turned out. I'm confident that I would not be standing here in this pulpit today if my daddy had still been alive. My life probably would have gone on a whole nother course. You say, I don't know that. No, I don't know that. But I'm telling you what I believe. And a lot of times what we count as failure and defeat is actually victory in the process. Are you listening up in here? Don't be crying over spilled milk. It's on the ground. Worship the one who made the cow that gave you the milk. I'm trying. I'm trying. Genesis eighteen twenty three. Are you there? And Abram drew near. Now this is when God had made his mind up. I'm going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah because of homosexuality. I've heard people in my generation say, "Dang, why he destroyed it?" Well, give me another reason. Was the lettuces too big? Huh? He destroyed it because miracle grow wouldn't stop. No, he destroyed it because the whole city was given over to homosexuality. And so God burned it up. Okay? But now, before that happened, Abraham, 
our father interceded. Listen to verse 23. Talking to God, Abraham is. And Abraham drew near and said, Wilt thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there are 50 righteous within the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. Wilt thou also destroy and not spare the place for the 50 righteous that are in it? That be far from thee to do after this manner to slay the righteous with the wicked and that the righteous should be as the wicked that be far from thee shall not the judge of all the earth do right? And the Lord said, if I find in Sodom 50 righteous within the city, then I will spare all the place for their sakes. And Abraham answered and said, behold now I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord who am but dust and ashes? Suppose there shall lack five of the fifty righteous. Will thou also destroy all the city for lack of five? And the Lord said, If I find there forty and five, I will not destroy it. Now, you can read on down, but what you're going to come to is that Abraham got down to ten. Now, you know, Lot was in authority in Sodom and sitting in the gate. Abraham didn't want to trust that he would come down beyond 10 because he didn't know if Lot was going to be destroyed. But this is what this is the sticky proverb. This is the takeaway. The Lord will never destroy the righteous with the wicked. Oh, you should have shouted on that right there. Because those that are born again ain't going to hell or the lake of fire. Only those that are not. So this solves that, that the church is not going through the great tribulation period. Now let me conclude this. So the Lord is not going to destroy the righteous. As a matter of fact, the seed of the righteous shall be delivered. Ain't that somewhere in your Bible? Anybody still here? Go back to Hebrews chapter 11. And one other scripture, and I'm through. Abraham, a man of great faith that followed God's directives. And that's what we should be trying to do. I tell folk quite often, I don't make excuses for grown people. Grown people do what they want to do. I don't care if God, Moses, or Mary said it. That's why sometimes you just have to walk away. Hebrews chapter 11 in verse 17. Now before I read this, let me say this. Moses and the law came along 430 years after Abraham. Before the tithe was introduced. Abraham paid tithes and Moses gave it as a law to Israel 430 years after that. So the first tithe was paid under grace, then under law, and now we're back under grace. But something you need to see. Listen to this. 
Abraham offered burnt offerings up to God in his travels. No law, but burnt offerings as a sacrifice of thanksgiving. That's why he did it. In Moses' law, the burnt offering at the tabernacle represented that which was coming, which was the cross of Jesus Christ. So the burnt offerings symbolize the Lord Jesus, just like the bread and the wine symbolize the Lord's Supper. Can you follow that? Hello? You need to because where we're going, you're going to have to. Are you in Hebrews chapter 11? I'm going to read verses 17 through 19. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried or tested, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said in Isaac, shall thy seed be called. Accounting that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from which also he received him in a figure. You remember when Abraham and Isaac was going up to Mount Moriah because God told him to take that son, your son over there, your only son, and kill him? And you remember Abraham when they got into the land of Moriah? They got there the third day. So when they arrived there, Isaac had a question. Now, Isaac was not a little boy. Isaac was approximately maybe 33 years old, the same age that Jesus was when he was crucified on that Wednesday. So they walking up. So before they went up on Mount Moriah, Abraham told the folk, the lads, the young men that followed him over there, and they did get into that land on the third day. Abraham said, y'all stay here with the asses while me and my son go up yonder to worship. See, our father Abraham was a man that made sacrifices. We live in a time right now, if church lasts too long, I'm gone. Choir rehearsal lasts too long. I ain't coming back next Tuesday. I got to make up for my time. Our father Abraham was a man given to sacrifice. We can't follow the Lord without sacrifice. He even told us to put our body on the altar as a living sacrifice. David said in another place, I won't offer that unto the Lord which costs me nothing. Sometimes you think you get tired of standing there, uh, sitting there. I need to tell you, I don't ever get tired of standing here. The only reason I let church out because you busy and I know it. <laughs> the Lord requires a sacrifice. The more sacrifice, the bigger the blessing. So Abraham said, y'all stay here, me and the lad going yonder to worship. Sarah wasn't nowhere around. So therefore, Abraham was willing to go up and offer Isaac and then go back and face Sarah when she asked, where's my son? May I ask you a question? May I? 
Are you willing to go home today without your Isaac? Are you willing to let your sacrifice stay on the altar and you walk away from it? You ought to be. You'll be happier if you leave that thing behind. So Abraham went up there. It was going up. And in the meantime, God had another blessing coming up on the other side of the mountain. It was a ram. See, God going to meet the need. Abraham went up and Isaac went up. And when they was going up one side of the mountain, the rough side of the mountain, Isaac and Abraham going up on one side and the ram, the peace offering, going up on the other side. They got there about the same time. Abraham didn't see the ram caught in his horns in the thicket. Obedience to God says, listen, God, if you tell me to do a thing, I don't have to figure it out. I just need to hear your voice. Because I know you have already figured it out because you are Alpha and you know you Omega. And you know you finished the end from the beginning. So you tell me what to do. I don't have to figure it out. I'm going to do it. On the way up there, Isaac say, now, I see the knife. I sure got my eyes on that knife. I see the fire that speaks of eternal judgment. And I see the wood. This is what Abraham said. This man of great faith. That's carrying his only son Isaac up there to kill him. Because God told him to. This is what he said. The Lord shall provide. Come on you Tamla man fans. The Lord will provide. But he said something else too. Himself a lamb. Come on now. Listen. listen. The, the Lord will provide himself a lamb. Let me slow it down so you can hear it. The Lord will provide himself a lamb. The Lord will provide Himself. A lamb. And John Baptist said, Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. God Himself shall become the Lamb we need for the sacrifice. Don't worry about it. God got everything covered. You just focus on obedience. <laughs> that's why you can't run me out of here baby I'm too busy getting reveals over here so Abraham received Isaac off the altar in a figure so now let's break it down the knife represents God's execution in judgment the fire represents God moving in judgment. The wood represents the cross of Jesus Christ that's represented in the burnt offerings that Abraham made along the way. Abraham represents God the Father in receiving his son Jesus back the third day. They was in the place on the third 
they were in the place on the third day. So Abraham received him in a figure like God raised Jesus up from the dead on the third day. Now there's one more thing I got for you. You need to get in a hurry and get over to John's gospel, the eighth chapter. God just wants us to follow his voice because that's how he led Abraham. Because it wasn't anything written, remember? But God done blessed us. We got a copy of it. Our father Abraham was a great man that operated in great faith. And you know how old he was when he left Ur the Chaldees? 75 years old. You know how old he was when he died? 175 years old. You know how long he followed the Lord? 100 years. I'm praying that you'll make it a week. Huh? We wall our ass where we work. We threaten to jump on folk because they ain't bring us nothing back from Burger King. But I tell you one thing, Abraham went down off of Mount Moriah after he had offered up the ram, because the ram was a peace offering. And you need to hear this. God has made peace through the blood of Jesus. You don't have to go back and straighten nothing out. What you need to do is go on with the Lord. He will restore to you the years that the locusts has eaten. He'll give you back time lost. Don't worry about that. Just leave that. Let's leave that back over there. Just leave that over there. Leave that with Willie Boy and him. Go on about your business. But here's the deal. God was training our father Abraham in his day to be able to see Jesus before he was born. Abraham's Eyes were open. Just like some of y'all for the first time today. His eyes were open and Abraham saw the death. All this on third day now. Abraham saw the burial and Abraham saw the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And to every one of God's children in here, God will show you things to come. Didn't he say it in his word? He will show you Things to come. Is this good? I like that word excellent. That's what this is. That's why I come to this church. I don't want to be a plain person. I don't want to be. I don't want to be walking around this Bible. I don't know what's in it. I ain't got no time for that. Life is moving. So God was dealing with Abraham on things to come. That's why Melchizedek came out there with that bread and wine. 
and offer no explanation. King of Salem, king of peace. Priest of the Most High God. All that and all this is about Jesus. Are you ready for the reveal? Are you ready? John 8, 56. This is Jesus talking. Let me start at verse 54. Let me start at verse 53. Let me start at verse 52. Then said to G, then said the Jews unto Jesus, Now we know that thou hast a demon. Abraham is dead, and the prophets. And thou sayest, If a man keep my saying, he shall never taste death. Art thou greater than our father Abraham, who is dead? And the prophets are dead. Whom makest thou? Thyself? Jesus answered, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my Father that honoreth me, of whom you say that he is your God. Yet you have not known him, but I know him. And if I should say, I know him not, I shall be a liar like unto you. But I know him and keep his saying. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it and was glad. Where did he see it? On top of Mount Moriah. And Jesus calls that his day. Verse 57, then said the Jews unto him, thou art not yet 50 years old. And hast thou seen Abraham? Jesus said unto them, verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, uh uh-huh, I am. So what took place thousands of years back there, Jesus said, that was me. And God opened Abraham's eyes. He saw my death, burial, and my resurrection. And was glad. There's a fountain. And it's filled with blood. And it's drawn from Emmanuel's veins. That's God with us in the flesh. And sinners plunge beneath that flood. And lose all their guilt. And stain. What would I do? Without the Lord. How could I make it? Without the Lord. How would my name. Be sustained in the Lamb's book of life. Without the Lord. Our father Abraham. A man of great faith. Laid a good foundation. And his life points us. To that old rugged cross. On a hill. Far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. But it was there on that cross 
where the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is that flow that washed me white as There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of Jesus. The power in the blood of Jesus on the cross at Calvary is God's resolution to the redemption of every lost sinner forever. Today is the day of salvation and now is the acceptable time because tomorrow is not promised. So believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in your house. For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord Jesus shall be saved. Jesus said, come. The Father says, come. The Holy Spirit says, come. And I say, come. You need to come now. Now the question is, when will Jesus return? I was the chiefest of sinners, Paul says, and so say I. I called upon Jesus over 46 years ago and he answered me, came into my heart and brought with him the gift of eternal life. And he'll do the same for you if you call. Say these words to Jesus. Say, Jesus, I believe you are Lord. Come into my heart. I believe that God raised you from the dead. I accept you now, Lord, as my personal Lord and Savior. If you said those words and if you mean those words, they are recorded in the 10th chapter of the book of Romans, verse 9 through 13. Welcome to the household of faith. Much, much love to you. Now the question's up. Hello, this is Bishop Carwell, and this is the Know Your Bible radio broadcast. The world needs Jesus now more than ever before. And you can help us to reach the world for Jesus Christ. I ask for you to pray for what the Lord will have you to do as it relates to financial support toward Know Your Bible. And then send your gifts of love to Know Your Bible, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, 71119. That's the Know Your Bible radio broadcast, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, 71119. We also welcome your prayer requests and your praise reports. So until we meet again right here on Know Your Bible, you pray for me and I'll be praying for you. And guess what? We'll all be prayed for. Much, much love to you.